0: Welcome to Highlands Church Audio Sermons. Today, June 9th, 2019, we're continuing our series titled Genesis in the Beginning. And in today's sermon, Created to Rest, Pastor Mark Yule will be teaching from Genesis 2, verses 1 through 3. So grab your Bibles and let's open up to Genesis. Hello? This is not a good time. Yeah, I was gone last week at the camp, uh, uh, not, can I can, do it Monday? I've got a funeral tomorrow. Can we make it Tuesday? I'm sorry. Okay, Tuesday. It has to be right after staff, but before golf. Okay, good. Thank you. Sorry. I'm, I apologize. I'm. Okay, hang on. Okay, there. Maybe now would be a good time to put that off. Maybe this is a better time just to power this off. I'm in a hurry to get things done. I rush and rush until life's no fun. You ever felt that way? I think most of us do As asking, I was telling Darius, he said, what are we talking about today? And I said, we're talking about God's rest. And he goes, man, do I need that? And I said, we all do. And really that that, that song by Alabama, Russian and Russian to life's no fun is such a theme song for our world today. It just seems like everybody, young and old, is impacted by this this insatiable tendency just to be busy all the time. Uh, we just got back from students and, and uh, they had a season where they just wrapped up their school year full of tests and exams and lab reports and book reports. Even our kindergartner grandson, Caden, I asked him the last week of school, hey, Caden, how's your week going, your last week of school? And he just gives me this heavy sigh, oh, Papa, all we've done is play and play. LAUGHTER But young families are notorious for being busy. They're running kids around. Uh, They they need overtime Uber pay for all the driving that they're doing. Uh, Older families are equally as busy. They're just going in a whole bunch of different directions. Even those that are retired. uh, I've heard some people say that here at the time that was supposed to be so restful, they're finding out that they're busier than ever before. And how many of you have perhaps come back from vacation? and you say, you know, I just need a vacation from my vacation. We're just a busy people, aren't we? Well, that's why today is so important. We're talking about the idea that God has created rest. And if our schedule isn't busy enough, if we're not physically tired, we're probably mentally so. Our minds just have a tendency to just keep spinning. They're like these never-ending tops that never run out of energy. And we just can't turn them off. Much like the prayer requests on this screen and what, how Brendan prayed. It's the idea that our minds are just churning with anxiety. And even spiritually, we can get that way. We just have a hard time finding rest. I remember reading a book several years ago. The book was entitled Margin. Margin, And it gave this definition of margin. It says margin is the space that once existed between our schedule and our capacity. Did you catch that? It's the space that once existed, inferring that it doesn't exist much anymore between our schedule, which is so busy, and our capacity, which sometimes, many times, seems so low. We've lost all idea of margin. And we're, get, we're in a hurry to get things done. We rush and we rush until life's no fun. But is that the way life is meant to be? Is that the way that God designed it? You know, last night I was, uh, just for mem- uh, recall, I was rewatching excerpts of the movie Chariots of Fire. Remember that story? It's the story, the true story of uh, Scottish Olympic runner, um, Uh, Eric, um, I just forgot his name. Eric Liddell, yeah. He was uh, scheduled to run in one of the sprints and because that particular sprint uh, was scheduled for Sunday, he said, "I'm, I'm gonna honor the Sabbath and not run that particular day. Now, is that the model of Sabbath keeping that you and I are called to or is that some relic of yesteryear That we no longer have to honor the Sabbath. What are we supposed to do with this day that we call the Lord's Day? Are we to keep it? If so, how do we keep it? And many are asking the question Can I work on the Sabbath? And perhaps more are asking the question Can I play on the Sabbath? Well, I've got good news for you. This morning, we're gonna look at answers to all of those questions. And I'm gonna do it with the basis of this scripture. It's from Romans chapter 15, verse four. Paul writes these words, whatever was written in former days, that would be all the Old Testament stuff that Paul had at his disposal. Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance, and through the encouragement of Scripture, we might find hope. Endurance, encouragement, hope. All three of those can be found when we have a better grasp, a better understanding of what the Sabbath is all about. And so this morning, I want to promise you that we're going to be able to address all of those things. So let me give you the roadmap. It's in your notes about where we're going to be and how we're going to tackle this idea of how God created a Sabbath rest. We're going to first go back to Genesis, into our study of Genesis, looking at chapter two, verses one through three, and you can turn there right now if you want to go ahead of schedule. We're going to take a look there at how the Sabbath is pictured in creation as God rests on the seventh day. Then we're gonna transition into how it's prescribed by way of commandment and spend some time in the book of Exodus as the command to honor the Sabbath is given. It's the fourth of the 10 commandments. Then we're gonna fast forward in time up to the day of of Jesus and we're gonna see how he Uh, really perfected the Sabbath. It was totally fulfilled in him, the Lord of the Sabbath. And then finally, we're gonna take a look at how the Sabbath was and should be practiced by the church, closing with four ways uh, by way of an acronym that you and I can rest on the Sabbath. And again, it's my hope that, that we'll be able to see that since the very creation week, all the way through the timeline of mankind, God has created his rest for our best. That's the one central idea that I'd hope you'd leave with. Understanding the Sabbath will provide everything that we need. It's gonna provide us the spiritual hope that we need, It's gonna provide the physical rest that we need and provide us the ability to mentally find the encouragement that scripture offers. God created his rest for our best. So let's see in Genesis 2 how the Sabbath rest was was really pictured in creation. We see this starting in verse one of chapter two. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished. We get a really simple summary statement of really the first six days of creation in verse one, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them, and that just really speaks that of everything that was needed in, on, on our earth and in heavens and the expanse of the universe, everything was done. Done. That's the idea of finished. It's the idea that it was ceased, it was completed. There was nothing else that needed to be added. That creation came to an end at that time. And then it said that that, uh, God rested. Now that might need a little explanation because in our minds, we think of rest when we're weary. But for an omnipotent, almighty, all-powerful God, he in no time is in need of rest. One commentator put it this way, that the divine being can neither know fatigue nor stand in need of rest. You see, when we think of rest, we think in terms of weariness, not so with God. Think in terms of action. He simply ceased, he rested, he stopped all his work of creation. He's still working. He still rules. He still listens. He still knows. He's still in charge of every cell that moves within our body. Chris Tomlin says that he directs the lightning bolt and tells it where it should go. God is still active. He didn't create God, create earth and then leave for vacation. He's still active, but he ceased and rested from his work of creation. And so, if I were to take away three words that would summarize this idea of how it's pictured in creation, I would would say these three words rest, bless. He blessed that seventh day, and then he made it distinct a distinct day. Different than all others. Even in the way that this day is described in Genesis, it doesn't close with the, the the way that the other six days are described. Every other day up until the seventh was described this way. And there was evening and there was morning, but you find no such description with the seventh day. It's distinct, it's unique. It's different from all others. Hang on to those three things. Now let's fast forward and go into to Exodus. There we see the Sabbath as it's prescribed in commandments. Moses, the author, the human author, inspired by the Holy Spirit, wrote Genesis. He also records in Exodus, and he gives account several times through the book of Exodus and refers to the command to honor the Sabbath. We're going to see in, in, uh, you don't have to turn there, I'll read it to you. But in Exodus chapter 16, uh, it's the account of where the the nation is first going through their their exodus from the nation of, of Egypt. And they're not long out in the wilderness and they start to complain much like you and I would. Uh, And I think really after being in Israel and seeing the wilderness, uh, it's a dry, miserable place. I'd probably be complaining too. And they were complaining because there wasn't any water. They were complaining because there was little if no food. And uh, they were murmuring. And they were murmuring to Moses and to Aaron, but they were really complaining against God. So God comes along and says, okay, I've heard you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to send quail at night and every morning except the Sabbath morning, I'm going to provide this substance called manna which you can use to make bread. And I want you to go out and collect a daily portion of this manna and don't save any for leftovers. If you do, it's going to get worms, it's going to stink and it's, it's not going to be something you want to keep around But on that seventh day, you can go ahead and and collect twice as much because on that day and that day only, it will not spoil. And so in in Exodus 16, he gives them this command. This is what the Lord has commanded. Today is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. The Lord has given you the Sabbath, therefore on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days, Remain each of you in his place. Let no one go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. So that's Exodus 16. When we get to Exodus 20, it's this section where God provides the 10 commandments and the, and the fourth in chapter 20 um, is, is the, uh, the command to honor the Sabbath. We read, starting in verse eight, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord, your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. It's prescribed in command right there clearly for the nation of Israel. And I think one of the key words here is the word remember remember the Sabbath. That Hebrew word remember had two qualities about it. One was the idea of simply recalling that which had been previously revealed. And so as the nation is hearing these 10 commandments and, and God would say remember the Sabbath, it was as if he's saying, hey, recall what I said as I described how the world was created. Recall what I told you in the wilderness, how I would provide for your every need. Recall the commandment to honor the Sabbath, to keep it holy and make it a distinct day. Recall that. And then the other aspect of the word remember talks about the idea of making it a regular part of your schedule. Mary Beth will often remind me, Hey, Mark, uh, did you remember to take your antacid pill? And I would say, Okay, yes, I remembered, I, 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 which I don't often. But yes, I will make it a regular part of my routine. So the idea of remembering, call to mind that which has been revealed and make it a regular part of your schedule. Remember the Sabbath. And then the other key phrase is the the idea simply of no work. Don't work on the Sabbath. And then as a reminder to the nation later on in Exodus chapter 31, uh, verses 13 through 17, he, he tells them what'll happen if they don't honor the Sabbath. Let me read this to you that the Sabbath is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. In other words, I set you apart for a particular purpose. You shall keep the Sabbath because it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does any work on it, that soul shall be cut off from his people. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath shall be put to death. Therefore, the people of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a covenant forever. Now, I would kind of guess that if we still had that same death penalty, to honoring the Sabbath, we do a little bit better with it. But if the penalty fits the crime, I'm thinking God is pretty serious when he wants his people to consider the holiness, the distinctness, and the reverence that God places on his Sabbath rest day. Distinct. Holy, that means set apart for a special purpose. Blessed, God's blessing on this day. How are you doing in regards to honoring the Sabbath so far? Well, let's fast forward. We've seen it, how it was pictured in creation, how it was prescribed in commandments. Let's see how it was perfected in the time of Jesus. Because something happened between this command and Exodus until Jesus comes on the scene. Hundreds of years elapsed. And throughout all those years, Jewish rabbis started adding on to the command, honor the Sabbath. They started adding on, adding on, additions, amendments, qualifications so much so that there were 39 general categories of how to honor the sabbath and within each of these categories there would be minutiae ad nauseum about how to do that in fact the orthodox jews today still go back to those 39 uh, general categories to try to honor the sabbath so much so that Today, in our world, they can't open a refrigerator door if it will trigger the light bulb inside that goes on. They have to be careful what kind of aerosol spray so they don't mix propellant with the actual air to to mix both things together. Unbelievable requirements were laid on the Jews, not by God, but by man-made regulations. The simple command, remember the Sabbath, had gotten so complicated, it would make our tax laws look like cliff notes in, in comparison. So Jesus comes on the scene, and he knows that the condition of mankind. He knows that these were the regulations that were, put, that were putting on the people by the Pharisees. And he comes along and he makes it very clear that the Sabbath rest was perfected in Jesus. Matthew five seventeen says it about as clear as can be put. Jesus would say, don't think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. To fulfill them. All the fulfillments of everything that was written, both in the law and the prophets, all of the Old Testament was written in the fulfillment and would be perfected in Jesus, the one who would refer to himself as the Lord of the Sabbath. And then in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, the passage that Brendan referred to in his prayer, Jesus comes to these people and knowing their condition, says these words, come to me You see what he's offering there? He's offering a rest that those people could never find. Trying hard to try to keep Sabbath by keeping all of these regulations, Jesus gives them and gives us the simple command, the simple invitation, come to me and I will give you rest for your souls. Man, that's much better than a two-hour nap or a two-week vacation. There's no break in the, in the original writings uh, when they were writing the scriptures. We came along later to put in chapter breaks. So there's a chapter break after that verse into chapter 12, but... Chapter 12 is all about one of the controversies that the Pharisees have with Jesus about trying to keep the Sabbath because Jesus Jesus wasn't doing it their way. He would, would take dirt, spit on it, make mud, put it on a person's eyes, and that mixing of mud was not keeping the Sabbath. His disciples would go along and pick grain, which they were allowed to do, but then they would crush it to separate material, and you're not allowed to do that, according to the rabbis, on the Sabbath. So Jesus would come along and make it real clear. In verse 8 of chapter 12, Jesus says clearly, The Son of Man, referring to himself, is the Lord of the Sabbath. Lord. That means he's he's the boss of the Sabbath. I call the rules of the Sabbath, Jesus is saying. I say what can and can't be done. I say, come to me, and I will give you rest for your souls. What an invitation. Can I just pause right here? I I didn't do this in the first service. There's some of you, I I just know that there's some of you that come in this morning and, and your soul is troubled. It's churning. And it's churning because it's got a hole in it that only Jesus can fill. If you've never come to Jesus and simply believed in what he's offering, may I challenge you, you can make today that day and you, based on the promise of our risen Savior, have the assurance that he will provide the rest that you're looking for. Rest for your soul. And as a byproduct, if you honor his Sabbath, you're also gonna get rest physically and that mental refreshment mentally that all of us need. But if you've never accepted Jesus as your savior, boy, make that today. Come to him. In Mark's gospel, he takes this account from Matthew, and he adds one further statement on it that explains a little bit more of the Sabbath. Mark's gospel adds this one line. The Sabbath was made for man not man for the Sabbath. In other words, when, when God created the Sabbath, God did it for our benefit. And that's we, why we can say the, the main theme of this whole sermon is that God created his rest for our best. It's a gift of God that he wants us to enjoy So, if I had to summarize this whole section and how it was perfected in Jesus, I'd say it this way Jesus completely fulfills the Sabbath and offers believers his rest for our benefit. Are you taking advantage of that offer? What a difference it would make if we saw the Sabbath not as a burden, but as a benefit. And the Sabbath takes on even more meaning when we understand that just as the creator God rested from his creative work and rested on the seventh day, Jesus on the cross would would rest. Do you remember his last words on the cross? Yeah, it is finished. And I don't think that's a coincidence that the finished work of creation would equate to the finished work of, on the cross that Jesus provided for us. It's finished. You don't need to work any longer. It's been perfected and fulfilled by Christ. Well, let's take a quick look at how it was practiced by the church, and then we'll bring up our, our four ways in which you and I can honor the Sabbath. The Sabbath rest, by practiced by the church. Very early, uh, after the resurrection of Christ, we see the church move from a Saturday Sabbath, which would actually start uh, sundown Friday through Saturday, they move to what we now refer to in our work week as Sunday. Sabbath. In fact, Sunday is called the Lord's Day because that early first church started honoring Jesus and the resurrected Lord of the Sabbath on Sunday versus Saturday. And we see that mentioned in the books of John, in the book of Acts, and also in 1 Corinthians. And then the Apostle Paul dealing with this still culture that was very much Jewish trying to reconcile their Jewish laws with the freedom that's now found in Christ provides a little bit of instruction for the church on how to practice the Sabbath. He writes in Galatians three, twenty-three through 25, these words. Now before faith came, that's faith in Christ, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then, The law, Ten Commandments, Fourth Commandment, remember the Sabbath, the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. That word guardian talks of, it's the idea of a tutor. It would be something that someone would, would come alongside you to make sure that you were doing things right. And that was one of the purposes of the law. God knew that there was no way that we could ever keep the law. We still can't. That's why we have to be justified by faith because of God's mercy and grace. But what Paul's saying, I think, is this. It's the difference between having a have-to requirement and having a get-to enjoyment. You see the difference? See, before Christ, it was a have-to mentality. Now it's a get-to or a want-to experience. And I would hope that we would want to enjoy this gift of God's rest that he's given us. There's another passage that adds on to this difference in in Galatians chapter two, verses 16 and 17. Paul writes these words, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in question of food or drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath, These are all a shadow of things to come, but the substance, the gist, the body of what these are all about belongs to Christ. So if I were to summarize all this up, I would say that the church practiced the Sabbath by moving it to a Sunday and by specifically focusing on Jesus. And that's why, even knowing what I was going to say and being able to see how we've done that, even so far this morning on a Sunday, I I get kind of goosebumpy. Because this is exactly what the church is called to do separate a day, and for us, that's Sunday. Separate a day, make it distinct, different from the other days. You come in here Monday, this won't be happening. But today, this is still a special day. This is still a blessed day. This is still the Lord's day. And he wants us to honor it. How? Not by trying to keep all these laws, by focusing on Christ. So let me show you how we can do that in the way of this acronym, how we can really maximize the the Sabbath. Uh, It's it's not in the legalism of of Jesus' day, nor is it in the extreme of our day where it's the day of complete license, where today for most Sundays is just like any other day. Here's how we can do it, R-E-S-T. Two words, R, remember and reflect. Remember that the Sabbath is for our benefit. I was reading an article that talked about the 12 physical reasons why a Sabbath rest is still important, and it said science has discovered that that what religion is saying about the Sabbath might be true, I'm thinking, well, duh, if you just believed in it before, it is true. It's good for us. Remind yourself that God created his rest for our best and make the Sabbath a regular part of your schedule. Reflect that spiritually we are no longer have to work to follow these laws to try to earn God's pleasure. Reflect on the rest that can be found in the finished, completed work of Christ on the cross. E, enter and enjoy. Enter, accept his invitation to come to him. If I gave you, Mark, if I gave you an invitation and said, hey, come to my house, how would you honor that invitation? You would come to my house. Very good. (laughs) How would we honor this invitation by Jesus that would say, come to me? How do we do that? Come on, that's not a trick question. Come on. Come to Him. Yes, say it. Come to Him. It's not that hard. Come to Him. How do we really do that? Well, we intentionally set aside a time where you're coming into His presence, where you're intentionally entering in, where you're thinking about Him, when you're Talking about him, when you 're singing about him, when you 're praising him, when you 're intentionally focused on Jesus, and when you find the enjoyment of the peace that he offers, Kat Osten is one of the ladies that helps us with our um, uh, preaching research team, and s- several weeks ago she wrote these words, talking about this idea of finding the enjoyment of a consecrated pause. She writes these words. I know that when I have to miss church one weekend, for whatever reason, it's much easier to focus on the things of the world and to forget about God. Sunday becomes just like any other day of the week. This last April, when I traveled to Ireland and was not able to attend any services of any kind, I found myself missing God and I actually said to myself, God, I miss you. You know what? That's a woman who had found the the benefit of being able to enter and enjoy God's presence on a Sabbath. And I think she did that because of number S or the letter S. She knew how to stop and separate Stop. No need to rush and run until life's no fun. That's no way to live. Stop. The psalmist said, Be still and know that I am God. Not only stop, but just down. I think so many of us are in this fast food mentality when it comes to even our church. We rush in. Many of you are rushing in way too late and there's a little admonishment for you not to do that but something happens on a Sunday. It's like a black hole where you lose 15 minutes of time every Sunday morning. Stop. Separate that time. Make it distinct from all others. And maybe for a lot of us, we could use that tech Sabbath where we simply shut down our device and learn to rest. And then T, thankfulness and trust. Focus on Jesus. Thank him that he is the substance of the Sabbath. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. His finished work provides us access to God, the ability to come to him, thank him, trust him, honor him, and when you come, you'll find this rest that we so desperately, desperately need. God created his rest for our best. Now I don't want you to rush right out of here. I want us to use our closing psalm to continue to honor God on this, his day. The song that we're gonna sing has great lyrics. Think about these lyrics because they're gonna call us to do all of these. They're gonna call us to remember and reflect They're going to call us to enter in. Uh, It it talks about a a place of refuge or a fortress. And a place of refuge and a fortress don't do any good if you're standing outside. You've got to come in to those places. And it, it calls us to stop and separate and to find the strength that's available in the mighty strong arms of our Lord And this psalm talks about the idea, the attitude of thankfulness and trust that we've got in a God who is forever faithful. Faithful to honor the promise that he will provide the rest that we need. So let me pray. Let's continue to honor God as together we will sing. Let me pray. Father, thank you for the instruction from your word. God, I thank you that it does provide us the endurance that we need. It provides our mind the encouragement that we need. And God, it provides us the rest that all of us so desperately need. Father, I pray that we would be better at learning to come to you, to seek the rest that you promise. And God, again, it would be my prayer that right now, if there's anybody that has yet to trust you, that this would be the moment that they simply repent and believe that you've done everything that's needed for their salvation. God, that they would trust you as their Lord and their Savior. Father, help us to be able to honor the Sabbath and find the enjoyment and the benefit that you've provided through your son, Jesus. And we pray in his name may we realize that god created his rest for our best make it unique understand that it's supposed to be different than the rest and may you today or whatever day your sabbath day has to be may you find and enjoy the rest that god has provided god bless you